This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. With over 122 million parts, from superchargers and brakes to exhaust kits and beyond, eBay Motors levels your baby up to its peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. What's going on, jabronis? It's pitch Mr. Perfect, Skylar Aston. Hey, this is Bruce Pritchard. Gross battle season one champion, Mike Long. The king of sad stop. The Silver Lake heartthrob. It's Troy Kirby. It's Nick Mundy. This is your real WWE superstar, the legit boss, Sasha Banks. Hey, this is WWE superstar, Braun Strowman. My name's Kevin Owens. I'm Shinsuke Nakamura. Zach Linder. Dan Black, a.k.a. the Gufaraja. I'm AJ Styles, the phenomenal one, if you will, and you're listening. You're listening to this. You're listening to. You are listening to. You're listening. You're listening. listening You're listening to the Masked Man Show. 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 Welcome to the Masked Man Show with Kaz. Hey, hey, hey. It is Clash of Champions post-show time. We weren't there right after the show. We were together, uh, at least online together after the show, and I think we all just sort of said, okay, well, now the bar is raised so high, Roman didn't turn heel <laughs> again at the end of the show. Uh, no retribution, no, no madness. Anyway, it, it was a good show, so let's just get right into it. We're coming at you early this week, if not right after the pay-per-view, because we want to talk about this stuff. We're also going to talk about NXT TakeOver 31. We're going to talk about uh, some AEW stuff. Talk about some Raw, too. Talk about some uh, some R. Kelly-like storylines with Buddy Murphy and, and Aaliyah Mysterio. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. And uh, the, the return of wrestling's biggest heel, uh, uh, the coronavirus. Uh, mm. But first things first, I guess that, that ties right into um, Clash of Champions. Clash of Champions was, you know, card is always subject to change, but I thought the changes, for whatever reason, were kind of structurally more confusing <laughs> than sometimes they have been in the past. There were just some, like, there were some no-shows, you know, especially on the uh, women's title picture side. It was just sort of, you know, Asuka got the double match again. Meltzer said, Shayna Baszler, Nia Jax, and... Uh, it was the Riot Squad, I think, they were facing for the for the tag team titles, right? Yeah, the Riot Squad weren't there. Mm -hmm. And... It's no Cedric. So Cedric wasn't there. I mean, the whole thing was so confusing. Oh, Nikki Cross, of course, wasn't there, and then and Oscar took her her spot in the title match. Right. The according to Meltzer, they knew that at least one of these matches was going to be called off when they were doing SmackDown on Friday. So it was a little bit strange they didn't rework Nikki Cross's bout, uh, or at least have somebody else available, you know, on Sunday to do it. Because obviously we've seen this Oscar thing before. Now there's continuity there, you know. I mean, Oscar can Oscar hates both of these people a lot and is probably going to get the best match out of Bailey and whatever. But the whole premise was just the return of Sasha, which we all kind of saw coming, you know. Uh, I mean, which was cool, and again, maybe felt like it could have been a little rushed too. I mean, we just seen her get her neck snapped with a steel chair and also get it attacked again, like when she. 
came back and she's still in the neck brace and she's still kind of going at it. But you can tell this kind of see this kind of felt like something that they were their hand was kind of forced here. You know what I mean? Like uh, if I'm if I'm on creative or if I'm kind of trying to drag that story out until probably like November for Survivor Series or Hell in a Cell, you know, maybe they did. I mean, Sasha Banks has like a, a, a great history at the Hell in a Cell match, one of the greatest women's matches I've ever seen in my life outside of Bailey Sasha in a, a takeover is Sasha Charlotte and Hell in a Cell. And, you know, I, and yeah, maybe you're trying to get her ready for that and, and get that. But I mean, maybe they had to rush it because there was no Nikki Cross and because there was uh, some. Uh, you know, I don't think there's any way you line up a Nikki Cross title shot without having Sasha Banks in the in the booking sheet. You know, what I mean, it's just it, yeah. it didn't make a lot of sense. I think that it's just one of those things. And we see it every year around this time, lead up to SummerSlam, lead up to somewhere in the fall. I just feel like they were very deliberately building up to Sasha Bailey, Hell in a Cell. Mm -hmm. And every time you tell a long-term storyline in wrestling, just because of the way that the the calendar's built around just random pay-per-view dates and whatever, there's always going to be one twist that just feels like it's being rushed. Just because because it's much, because you want to put it on the pay-per-view instead of putting it on you know, smack down at 9.30 p.m. or something, you know? No, for sure. For sure. I mean, like a storyline that feels like we've been we've been building towards Sasha Bailey for the last three years, like since I was there, like (laughs) for a long time. And, uh, you know, seeing that they were on this this run of their career right now with the golden role models and, you know, Bailey becoming, I mean, probably not even probably definitely the best woman heel in the company which i mean gosh imagine telling yourself that four years ago you know i think we're at a we're at a kind of a crossroads where they have to pull the trigger on this on this finally and um get us these matches that we've kind of been dying to see ever since the nxt days i mean like i'm sure that they faced off here and there on raws and like random throwaway matches but we haven't gotten the true fully baked wwe-ish style killer blood rivalry that we know that they can deliver because of that classic, you know, probably I'm not even going to say best women's match, probably one of the best matches I've ever seen, period, between those two. They just have such an incredible chemistry with each other and the way they have been attached at the hip, whether you watch some of these like Sasha and Bailey uh, documentaries about their, their friendship going way back before they even got into NXT, like on the WWE Network, like there's even more story than we know outside of, you know, just kayfabe. You know, we came up in NXT. We had this great match and take over Brooklyn and kind of change the game. There's more story to that. And they gave us a little bit more with this whole golden role models thing. So, um, you know, uh, with, with all apologies to Nikki Cross, who's very good and I like a lot, um, kind of felt like, this would be the least missed opportunity as far as like, you know, COVID things are concerned, right? Like we kind of knew that Nikki was just kind of there, like with no disrespect, like she was just kind of there because, you know, it was time, it was time for this. No, you I mean, you could say that about a million wrestlers. There's no disrespect <laughs> needed or, or intended or anything else. Yeah. I mean, Sasha and Bailey, I mean, it's also amazing how they're just holding the women's division down, you know? I mean, it's, well, I guess look at everything. I mean, there's no, Charlotte, there's no Becky, there's, I mean, there's no Ronda Rousey, there's no, I mean, it's, you know, Asuka's doing, doing the Lord's work over on Raw, <laughs> but it's just, it's, it's pretty incredible. Sasha and Bailey are just the center of gravity, I think, for, for a lot of what WWE's doing, and, and I'm excited for Hell in a Cell, and I'm glad that they did that twist, and, but that was a, the setup was a little bit weird. The big thing from Sunday, and there were a lot of, there were a lot of big moments, was the Roman Reigns match. It wasn't me being completely wrong about Keith Lee and Retribution. No, I'm just kidding. We're still, we're still waiting. Well, Retribution's, yeah. I mean, they weren't, they, they didn't do anything at all. There was just no, Keith Lee, I, so. just, I was, I was sure they were going to do something. For sure. Well, so I'm not all the way wrong yet. So we'll put a pin on that. And if that comes back to pass, I still want the credit. <laughs> all right. All right. I'll give it to you. <laughs> Before we do Roman, I want to run through a couple of things. For sure. S- Sami Zayn uh, winning the ladder match for the Intercontinental Championship. Uh, w- that was just there have been a lot of different versions of like the best ladder match or the coolest ladder match or like whatever. This brought all of the different sort of like ways to do a good ladder match into one thing, mm-hmm. into one package. And uh, it was, I mean, there was high comedy, you know, there was just like incredible 
the Jeff Hardy spots were just, I mean, there was some nutty stuff. He also, he got his, his what, earlobe uh, oh handcuffed to gauge a ladder. Oh, my the handcuff? Yeah. Oh, and, oh, oh. I mean, just nuts. Oh. Happy COVID to Jeff Hardy with that. Yeah. Like, that's just gross. <laughs> uh, we got to see AJ do some things that, like, no man over the age of 40 should be able to do. And Sammy, who's, uh, I don't think we talked about it on the lead up, but, like, Sammy is, like, low-key... We all know Jeff Hardy's history. You know, we we all know what the WWE ladder match package is. Sami Zayn is, uh, you know, sorry to mess with kayfabe here. Low key, one of the one of the uh, the best ladder match guy people around. Oh man, I, I don't know who you're talking about. You're talking <laughs> about the guy who went to uh, feed the feed the children in Mexico. Exactly. Back in there, yeah. Well, he, Sami Zayn, I guess, trained with El Generico, who was who uh, you know he must have taught had us some things. ladder wars that you would not believe. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, it was it, everything was lined up here and they really really delivered. To see Sammy up there on top of the ladder to both IC titles, which by the way is just so hilarious that there's like two different I I can't get over the comedy of there being two different titles and but they're not even bothering to use the old IC title. It's like <laughs> we just got we clearly just got another one printed up for the purpose of this beef. <laughs> um but the whole both of them, I mean, he's just he looks so just inherently funny, right? With yeah. like the shaggy hair and the shaggy beard and the outfit and whatever. I mean, it's just, it's it's great stuff. It's so fun because I feel like in the past couple of years and, you know, the NX, I don't know how to properly word this, but like the NXTization of WWE, like Sami Zayn was really the first guy for me that really made NXT like must watch TV, right? Like he was having these crazy matches with like Cesaro way back in the day where, you know, when the WWE Network first kicked off and if you weren't super in no and weren't really following like the FCWs and like NXTs on like Hulus and stuff like that, you didn't really know up until like the network popped off and you're just like, holy crap, like, you know, Sami Zayn is, is, is really doing his thing here. And you always kind of thought like, well, I guess I thought, I mean, maybe I could be, you know, I could be totally off base here, but I always thought like he was kind of like the next Daniel Bryan, where he was just going to be like this incredible white meat baby face that, you know, kind of takes over that mantle after, uh, you know, the after we saw the success of the of, of Yeslemania and, and, you know, the Yes run, you always, it was always like, well, yeah, I feel like I could see Sami Zayn being that guy because, you know, he kind of sort of had that moment in NXT when he finally won the NXT title. That being said, he kind of got lost in the mix for several reasons, whether it's, you know, the or just the natural, you know, diluting of of the of the WWE talent pool, whether it's, you know, his injuries or just yeah, he had he, he he was one of those got hurt exactly the wrong time sort of people. I mean, situations he got hurt over and over, a couple of times right at the on the cusp, you know, I mean, it, yeah, yeah, like especially was it the, the US title open challenges with John Cena and like all these other things. Like it always kind of seemed like he was really snake bitten. And um, it's just really cool now to not even just see, you know, how creative and entertaining he is as, as a, like, you know, I saw him on, on the new day podcast and they said, you know, he has a very Larry David type of humor and I could kind of see that now. Like the more I'm seeing the way he kind of goes about this whole you know, I'm I'm still the Intercontinental Champion. What do you mean that new? Like, you know what I mean? Like his whole like delivery is very, very Larry Davidish. Well, and, yeah, and, and just the insistence upon it, right? To like you, you he's he's running the same, he'll tell the same joke or like do the same, you know, whatever bit over and over again because it makes him laugh, regardless of whether or not it makes anybody <laughs> else laugh. And that eventually, you know, makes it even funnier. Yeah, yeah. And 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 on top of all of that creative comedy. Uh, ingenious spots. It was just an incredible man. Like golly, like Jeff Hardy's uh, all these years, still being the craziest son of a bitch in the on the on the roster is oh, yeah. is, is is just maniacal. And I think we called it last week. We were like, this is definitely going to be the match of the night. This is definitely going to be the match that steals the show. And you know, we did. We haven't really gotten to be. You said it earlier. I mean, like. If you're not watching WWE, the first time you think of guys with incredible ladder matches that weren't in the WWE is Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, and Kevin Owens and El Generico from Ring of Honor days and Ladder Wars, and we never really got to be blessed with like that incredible ladder match performance that we know Sami Zayn and Jeff Hardy and I mean AJ Styles is great at everything, like 
there was no way this match was going to be bad. And it even exceeded my own expectation. Yeah, I mean, we, we published a piece in The Ringer on Friday, I think. That's one of my favorite things I've ever touched, I've ever been involved with. It's by a writer named J.J. McGee, and he, incredible. Uh, and it's a, it, it chronicled basically how Sami Zayn had lost every move in his moveset as he turned heel. Mm-hmm. And basically, like, you can't, I mean, you know, we all know the old thing. It's like you can't do these, like, crowd-popping spots. Like, Cesaro didn't, well, Cesaro did do the swing on Sunday, but, he, you know, he, he eliminated the swing when he turned heel because the, it was too over. But Sammy just lost all of his moves one by one until the point, until he got to the point where he was basically just doing, like, a little bit of brawling and, like, Weasley heel shit, and then that was it, you know? And and um, there's a lot of gifts in this piece, so you hardly even have to read. Everybody should check it out. But it's but he's he's one of the greats, and now he's back in the position of, showing that off and um you know knock on wood everything else i hope he gets a great run here because he deserves it and he really really is fantastic yeah i think we're i think we're in a in the weird reset of the pre-wrestlemania wwe world where you know roman reigns and Sami Zayn were the top two title holders on smackdown and like i feel like we're back there now yeah, you talked about the Daniel Bryan parallel, and I, I mean, listen, I, I, I try not to spend too much of my life fantasy booking on this show because it's like talking about your fantasy football team, like nobody really cares, but <laughs> there, like as soon as he, when he was in NXT, I was like, this, there is a, this is on a silver platter for you. All you have to do is have Stephanie or Triple H fire him and then bring El Generico in the next week. Like that oh is old gosh. school wrestling. It is like the best, like it is right there for the taking and not that El Generico is a wrestler in real, I mean, anywhere in the active world right now, but if he were to appear <laughs> on WWE t- television, if they were selling El Generico masks at the merch at the merch stands, yeah, they'd be making millions of dollars. I mean, one of the greatest independent acts I've ever seen, like in my lifetime. You know what I mean? I'm sure there's other folks who have, will go back and tell you about these, these territorial guys who are great, but just in my sort of lifetime of this independent scene in the post-WCW world, I've never seen anybody more over than El Generico with the Olay chant. Like, the Olay chants came to WWE and they never did them. That's how over he was, you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's, man, it's crazy how much he's accomplished this entire run in his, and, and I has, I guess, yet to accomplish as well without even touching into that already... You know what I mean? Baked in incredible character that is El Generico. And I, I, I'm, I'm hoping we'll see it one day. I doubt we ever will. But if we ever do, like, that is so much money that is on the table. You know what I mean? Uh, for, for both of them. I mean, like, he's, I mean, granted, some people are a little bit more racially sensitive now than they probably were back then. But I do think a guy like Sami Zayn could be could could pull that off to to remarkable success. I just think he's so entertaining. He's so sharp on the mic. He he talk he doesn't talk like he's cutting a wrestling promo. You know what I mean? Like he just talks and he's it's it's a very underrated skill that he has where, you know, a lot of people talk, well, well, you know something and blah 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 blah. Like he doesn't do any of that. Like he kind of if you didn't know him, you would just think he's just a guy and or or a stand-up comedian or something like that, you know, just the way in his delivery. So I have no I I'm I'm just really happy for him. Really, really yeah. happy for him. And I think he's a good example of I mean listen. I'm not saying WWE should be pushing every up and coming dude even when they're out with an injury. You know, not everybody's like stone cold, you know, or pushing him through his neck surgeries and knee break, you know, knee, when his knees right. and stuff. But Sami Zayn is a great example of somebody who, even if you're not doing the same game, you know, even if you're not exactly sure what to do with him, what we know for sure is that he was insanely over at numerous points in his career. But he was insanely over when he like was wearing a mask and not cutting promos, right? You know, so like, or, you know, not not on TV. So it's like, you just got to take some take people like that and give them the opportunity to get over again. You know, give them the spotlight and just hope for the best. You know, give them all the backups they need. Anyway, we can talk about Sami Zayn all day. Um, there's a lot of other stuff that we could talk about in the show. Uh, the one other thing I want to mention is uh, the Drew McIntyre versus Randy Orton match for the WWE Championship. There were no cinematic matches on Sunday night. You know, there was none of the, there, there, there's no Firefly Funhouse match. There's certainly no Boneyard match, like whatever. But what the, one of the things that the empty arena allowed you to do, uh, and, and, you know, the, obviously like 
worked camera angles and the fact that there's not a crowd right there looking at you from every, you know, every, every different angle. Uh, one of the things you're able to do is pull off those surprise appearances, right? That like you could just tell with when 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 Big Show first popped up, it was a little bit confusing, but what? The, but you could tell that there was something happening when the, the camera's on Randy, and then it just sort of pans down, and there's Big Show popping up. Yeah, it's unusual, you know, but it's but it's really cool, you know, and and it's it's nice to have Shawn Michaels make an appearance, like whatever, without having to have them like hiding under the ring or like, you know, it's like running out from behind a curtain. You can just, it's a, it's a small thing, but it was a, it was a, it was a nice effect for that match. And, you know, I don't think it really took any steam off of drew. I thought that, well, this wasn't on Sunday on Monday night on raw. I feel like just being in the ring with that legend crew, Christian included Ric Flair, I'm glad you gave Christian his props. <laughs> I love. I feel like Christian's always like the Jan of world champions. I'm like, come on, son, don't Jan Brady Christian. I love Christian. I owned a Christian shirt back in the day. He's one of my favorites. <laughs> Shout out to the Peep Show. But Drew being in the ring with those guys maybe did more for him as champion than any of the matches he's won. You know, it was that was a cool moment. And 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 whereas you you might see the game plan for Sunday on paper. And say, oh, you know, we need him to go over clean or whatever. I think that the in, in all all th- all told, this was an, a really effective thing to do. Um, then the Randy Orton pivot at the end, where he went like special ops and like <laughs> beat him up with the, I mean, put on his night vision goggles and smashed them all. I'm not quite sure where we go with that, but I thought Sunday's match was really fun. Both of, them, I mean, they they both worked their asses off, and uh, and it was, you know. It, I thought that all the gimmickry was really was really well done. I don't think there's a wrestler right now that I love more that I didn't love way back in the day than Randy Orton. You know what I mean? Like I used to think Randy Orton was just so methodical and so just like, you know, everything was just so like just dragging. You know what I mean? Like he was he wasn't very sudden. And now like I feel like he's tapped into this. When he's engaged, you can tell. You can tell when he's like really into oh, something. Yeah. And 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 the past like two years, I'll say, he's really, really won me over with just like how willing he is to do anything. You know what I mean? Like you, you guys forget, like, granted, yes, he's in another world title picture one more time. But at the same time, yeah, I remember he was like working like the revival and the good brothers and AJ and like just pretty much being a, you know what, I'm going to elevate all these guys around me because, you know, I'm I'm very well aware of my status. And now the big job that he has to do is elevate a guy in Drew McIntyre who has had a very good run. Um, but, you know, you need those you need those landmark rivalries like you need those things that when you go back in the championship brain and be like, oh, man, these guys had like a really good string of matches or like these guys told some great stories. And, you know, I feel like a guy like Drew and a guy like Randy works so well because, like you said, there's that scene in the Raw at the uh, the beginning of Raw where he's standing in the middle of the ring with four former world champions. And in most cases, sometimes that could kind of fall flat because a lot of times these are people that, like, aren't really ready for the moment and we're really trying to, like, just shove them in there first. So you could be like, see, Mm -hmm. hey, this guy's up there with all these other people. But, like, you sit and you think of Drew McIntyre's stories and you remember, like, oh, yeah, this guy's been around the block for a while. Like, the big show isn't the guy he looked up to. Like, this is a guy that he's worked with for a long time. Christian's a guy he's worked with for a long time. Shawn Michaels, like, coached this man, you know what I mean, in his in his return to it NXT. Him, it, it, it did. It gave Drew a lot of legitimacy. A just lot to, of just legitimacy. To, just to, ha- to have actual stories to tell. Yes, right? yes, yes. It's not just like, oh, we're, you know, I feel like they, I could be wrong here, but I feel like they did that with like Roman a little too soon and try to like put him into this like this, this pantheon of like iconic world champions too quickly and people kind of soured on it. But the Drew thing, it makes sort of sense and it kind of likes him likens him as this white knight for like the 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 purity of what a pro wrestling champion should be you know he's just and he just looks like a badass right now man like that ambulance match was just you know incredible he's bleeding from his back with the with the the the, the spot on the windshield and like you know granted 
you know, I could I could put on my snarky glasses and be like, well, you know, now I want to cheer for Randy Orton because like it's like five on one. And, you know, like, why am I going to root for this guy who's obviously getting jumped by all these legends? Like, well, I mean, you can't say that. And then in the same breath, be like, well, the WWE doesn't tell long-term storylines. Like, this is what we call a payoff. Like, you can't just go and kick people's heads off all summer. And when the summer's over, not expect some sort of comeuppance. You know what I mean? Like, this is what you guys want. This is long-term effective storylining. This is the legend killer getting his comeuppance from a bunch of legends. I don't understand how that could be seen as a bad thing. And granted... The night vision goggles was 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 pretty funny, like the Janet and like him doing like the points afterwards, like, oh, man, I don't know what just happened. <laughs> he just kind of walks off uh-huh. like like the end of a of, of like a diehard movie or something like that, like right before the terrorist like blows up the building. But it's it's I thought it was funny, man. And, you know, it was creative, you know, like I, I'm always I'm always into them trying new things. I'm always into them paying off people who pay attention to the show. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that doesn't happen a lot. And that's a very legitimate gripe that fans could have. But when they do that, you should commend them no matter what it what the what the circumstances are. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned Randy Orton. I mean, I think it's sort of a common uh, point, but but the, he, you know, when he's when he's on, when he's when he's trying or whatever, he's like he's really on. Right. And that's and and I think that he's he kind of has has made a turn in his career. You know, I'm going to make some just real sports parallels here. I don't feel bad about doing that to Randy Orton because he's, you know, an, he actually looks like a defensive end in real life. Uh, but he's he used to be the guy, the star potential guy you would kind of rag on, you know, like when, yeah. like when, when, when he decides when he decides to play hard, you know, <laughs> when he when he's when he decides to tune in, when he decides to care, he's elite. But the fact that he doesn't do it all the time is you know, damning, right? But now he's sort of at the, like the LeBron phase of his career, where he's like, he knows what he like. He 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 has the ability to turn it on whenever he wants, and and he knows that you just got to kind of pace yourself. That if he's at ten all the time, then it's not going to have the same impact as if he's like at eight, seven, or eight all the time, and then he gets to turn it up to ten every one every every now and then. And I I mean I, I just I am so consistently entertained by the guy. It's it, he's it's just a lot of fun. I mean it's, our babyface producer, John, called Randy Orton playoff rondo. Like where, you know, he's a guy who had success and you know, if he had a jump shot, man, he'd be elite. But like I think he's more I think I think the LeBron the LeBron comparison's pretty pretty spot on where, you know, we he's always been elite and it's not like he hasn't tried, but you know there's another level he can go to that not yeah. many people can go to. You know what I mean? Like, we all saw what LeBron did against um, the Denver Nuggets in Game 5, where, you know, he he kind of... He's, he's been a point guard all season, and he sets his team up, and he makes sure everybody gets going because he knows if it's crunch time and they need him to 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 bring it home and, and, and shut the door, he can do it. And that's kind of what Randy Orton's been to the WWE for a while. Like, he's kind of been this dude who is super established, super, you know, has... You know, all he's he's done everything. There's nothing out there that he hasn't done in the WWE. So you could put him with anybody and he will elevate their game. And, you know, in certain situations like right now, we're like, hey, we need you to, to bring this guy, Drew McIntyre, who we want to be the next you to carry this, carry him and, and give him that worthy championship run. So um, I get the LeBron comparison. I mean, it's. He's just he's he's on another level right now. Even in defeat, man, like you, you can always tell how popping somebody is when they could lose a championship match, and the very next day you're like, but he's still gonna get it eventually. Like it's still gonna like this is this is this is still gonna happen. Like you know. Well, that's also I mean, Randy Orton is not CM Punk out there dropping pipe bombs, but like he's at his best when he's like telling the truth, and he that's he said that in the promo. Yeah, you know when he when he popped up on Monday night, he was just like, "No, I'm I can have another title match. All I have to do is He's ask. like, I'm Randy Orton. Like, yeah. you kidding me? Like, what do you think? I got to go through a number one contender match? Like, I'm Randy Orton. Like, I could get another title match I want to, but I want to let you guys know that there's going to be consequences for your actions, and they involve night vision goggles and janitor clothes, and we're just going to beat the crap out of you at the end of the day. <laughs> That's Spill great. fruit everywhere and tables and God, Big Show, like. Where, where's where's your peripheral vision, buddy? <laughs> oh no, he's been through too much, man. He yeah. looked good though. He looked he good. Looked great. He looked nice great. tan. Hey, what's up, everybody? I'm Jamel Hill, and I'm Van Lathan. 
Jamel and I are huge fans of The Wire, so we teamed up with The Ringer to drop The Wire way down in the hole, an analysis podcast for the hit TV series. Join us as we discuss epic moments, key character deep dives, fascinating theories, and special awards for every single episode of the show. So tap into The Wire with us on The Wire, way down in the hole from The Ringer Podcast Network. Available now on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED highlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. So let's talk about what really matters. Roman Reigns versus Jey Uso. Uh, one of the coolest matches I have seen in a long time, especially in the you know no audience thing, the empty arena thing. Mm-hmm. They pulled. They they were able to use that without going full cinematic in the in the Orton McIntyre match. But what they did in the Roman Reigns Jey Uso match was next level because they were able to mic them without it feeling like a contrivance. Right? It didn't feel like they had to like overlay what they were saying you know make that make them louder than a real crowd they just sort of mixed it in because they were in control of all the noise and man just to hear roman shit talking to hear him like demanding to be called uh the tribal what what, the tribal um, call me chief (laughs) you know there was it was it was really intense every bit as intense as we thought you know you mentioned earlier Sami Zayn has the ability to talk without using wrestler voice to talk like a real person. Yeah. Jimmy Uso, when he came in, Jay Uso, both of the Usos really have that talent, mm-hmm. right? I mean, Roman does too, actually, low-key, but he's just so much, so much of him is just main event wrestler that it's kind of hard to separate the things out a little bit. But like, when Jimmy came in and threw in the towel and it was just like, we're family, what are you doing? That was like the most real thing that has been said on, you know, WWE TV in a long time. Yeah, and it was... God, it was it was fucking gripping. Like I'm sitting here, like God damn, like this is like Roman again. I'm not gonna be an internet wrestling fan and be on some like, well, gosh, man, they could have they could have done this forever ago. This is how he always should have been. I'm like, it wouldn't have hit the same, man. Like you gotta let some things cook in the oven for a while. Like not everybody would have known off rip that. You know, they're all family and, you know, it only hits harder because of Roman's dominance for the years prior. You know what I mean? It only hits harder because of Roman's loyalty to his family and his baby face run. Like it only hits harder because Paul Heyman, of all people, is standing there looking appalled, like covering his mouth. Like this is a guy who 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 is 
who was holding down Brock Lesnar for the past like seven years. And like, he's almost afraid of Roman. Like he's even telling him, he's like, dude, yeah, dude, you're the chief. He says it. And Roman's like, no, Paul, I want to hear him say it. You know what I mean? Like he's, yeah, Heyman it, was insanely important and good in that match. I mean, yeah, it's just like, like all it these things, huge. all of these things make sense. Like they all tell the longer, more fleshed out story of Roman Reigns, the character, right? Like you gotta, you, you gotta go back to all the way when WrestleMania thirty one it was in San Jose, where his main event were Brock Lesnar and. A lot of people say he wasn't ready for that moment. A lot of people say like he was he he kind of he was kind of shot put it too early. And that's where the whole like turning on him kind of started because before then everybody thought he was the coolest fucking badass. But you know, after the Royal Rumble and the whole the rock thing holding up his arm and all that stuff, like that's when the whole sort of thing sort of turned. And now you see how this thing is being built out. And I'm not going to give them the credit of, of saying, like, this was the plan all along. No, no, no. But they've done a great job of establishing why Roman Reigns is important and why, you know, a, a promo saying, like, I don't just feed you with this. I don't just feed your family. I feed I feed I'm always at the head of the table. Like, that's there's a reason why those promos hit so much harder you know what I mean? As you know, because of this 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 baby face run, like you couldn't have brought him in as a heel. Like it wouldn't have worked the same. You would have gotten tired of it. You know, like now there's a whole other layer that he's peeling back. You know, with Jimmy and Jay, you know, essentially making him calling him the chief. And like I said, he's gonna beat the crap. Like I said, if you watch enough WWE, they will tell you exactly what they're gonna do if you pay attention. And the first thing they said. Uh, when they first had a one-on-one face-to-face promo when Jey Uso was the number one contender was, I'm going to beat your ass like I did when we were kids, and then we'll go back to being family again. You know what I mean? Like, And that's I, exactly where I think they're going here. He had to beat the hell out of Jay to like put the fear of God in him. Like, I, I'm, I'm, he's talking to the commentators. He's like, yo, I love this guy. Like, I, I, I hate doing this. Like, this is my family. Like, he's, he's like talking regular shit to everyone and pretty much saying like, yo, I have to establish dominance. And Corey Graves made the super valid point of if this is what he's willing to do to his family, <laughs> what is he going to do to the rest of the roster? So now Jay, who has one, I mean, Jimmy, who has one leg and Jay, who's gotten the snot kicked out of him by Roman Reigns, like kind of have to be his doldgers now. They got to have to be his henchmen. Like he's going to come up to him like, you know, you family. But like you said, I'm the chief here. I run things. So like if you want your family to eat, if you want everybody else to eat, it's best that you get on this side and understand that like I'm the one who holds the cards here, which is the universal title. And, you know, for the sake of our family and our lineage, you have to be on my side, even though I just beat the snot out of you. This is what we've always done. This is family. So like they'll almost be like these reluctant henchmen um, to a dude who's the king of the mountain. Like, I think the the whole lay, getting laid at the end with the with the little tribal L-E-I-E-D, crown. L-E-I-E-D, yeah. Oh, my gosh. That was just such a fucking amazing visual of him just standing there, just emotionless with his arms raised, title in the air, the lays around him, and, like, megastar. Like, it's... I, I, I forgot who tweeted this, but forgive me for not giving you credit. Like, somebody said, he's almost... So good now, W. If he was this good a couple of years ago, WWE would already lost him to Hollywood. <laughs> like, yeah, it, it, it's it's no it's no question. Like, oh, he's the Rock's cousin. Oh, he looks like this. Oh, he he absolutely would have gotten a movie role, more movie roles by now. So, I mean, thank God they took their time with it because this is going to be a career defining run for Roman. Oh, it's just so good. Uh, we haven't even talked about the fact that he wasn't wearing a shirt and mm. uh, and looked- how about those abs, huh? <laughs> yeah yeah maybe put down um, the donuts <laughs> yeah man i mean he looked great i mean he looked like like say a million bucks look like a trillion bucks he popped out some new moves he got that that zach Ryder leg jumping leg clothesline move in there in the in the move set uh he's he's just you know showing off what he can do a little bit and and the talking the talking i mean it's you know I think when we think about how hard it is to be a wrestler, there's the physical stuff and whatever else. But we hear it's p- people talk about calling it in the ring and, and like responding to the crowd, and it makes a lot of sense in the abstract, right? But in but in reality, the hardest thing, like the hardest part about it 
for me, I'm sure this, this got to be true for other people too, is being present, right? Being like, like you can go through the motions. You can, someone can tell you, like you can, you can, you can follow a script, right? Someone's like, here's, here's how the match is going to go. And then like with, between the two of us, we'll remember everything and we'll get it out there. But if you're really like doing it organically, the hardest thing has got to be being there and like actually responding to the stimuli from the audience, from everything else and not just doing the move or doing whatever and not even taking a, like Roman Reigns put himself in a position of not being able to take a second off in that match. And I'm not talking physically. I'm talking, he can't disengage with his mind. He can't stop telling the story. I mean, talk about going Hollywood. He cannot stop acting for 30 minutes. It was it's art. Free, it's man. amazing. And he's, he's saying, I mean, every word he says is like, important it's in the right order like it's like it's just so incredible what a fucking performance man and to have and it have probably been like cutting weight for that match too <laughs> you know? yeah like to have all this other stuff on your mind he said it he said like i'm i'm gonna show off the the, the, the work he's done and, and man he just he just looked like a, he looked like a guy like how do you not have this dude close every single show from now on like he is well, they, so they tried and above <laughs> Well, yeah, absolutely. But, like, he's so far and away, like, you know, the biggest, best draw in the company. And it's, like, not even close. Like, he's he's so separated himself from the pack as far as being, like, the top dog. And when you have a guy that good, you know, it's only it's only going to, you know, he's almost, he's a more engaged Brock Lesnar. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, if you can get Brock Lesnar every single week and he could talk for himself and he has, like, a back-ended story of a family within the company and, like, being, like, a part of his business, like, he's a more engaged Brock Lesnar. And, you know, speaking of which, like, I mean, are we ready for babyface Brock in a few months when he comes back to try and try and take that over? Like, uh, there's, there's just so much. There's so many ways you can go from here on in once once you take care of uh, family business that I'm just really, really excited to see where they go with this. I hope they give him a throne. I hope he comes out with, like, you know, I hope they go full tribal chief with this dude and really make him, like, the king. I mean, I'm, I'm surprised they went tribal chief a little bit. I was definitely, I, I just thought, the idea was good, but the the lingo was a little bit specific, yeah. right? Yeah. Not that it was restraining or anything like that, but just that you know it was it was really specific to like a part of it's his a heritage. Culture. Be, I mean, to all of his heritage. I mean, let's be honest here. They they named him Roman Reigns and put him in a flak jacket. Like the point was not like at no point in developmental where they were just like let's make him a clear member of the Samoan family. Right. 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 So. The the fact that they went all in on that was a little bit surprising, but it was also interesting that that they they even went further. That now that he's wearing the lay, you know, he is demanding from all, you know, from everybody else that this is that he's the chief. He's saying it over and over again. It's intense, and the fact that they're that they're doubling down on it makes it even more special. I think it makes it even more compelling. Yeah, WWE characters are always greater when they can lean into their culture and lean into something that that isn't cookie cutter. Like you don't ever want to be like. You can take uh, Drew McIntyre or Randy Orton and have them do the same exact thing that Roman Reigns is doing. It's like, no. Like, once people have their own identity and their own culture and WWE can lean on that um, precisely in a way that is authentic, that's when they do the, the best stuff. Like, mm -hmm. Well, that's what we were saying about Randy Orton earlier. He actually said, I'm Randy Orton. I can get a title match if I want to. Like, just that is enough to say, like, yes, you are that dick and we yeah. like you better for having said it. <laughs> exactly. Um, exactly. But I dig it, man. I think I think they're 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 on a ride right now, and I'm I'm really excited to see where they go uh, this Friday. And that's that's the best thing they could do, man. Like I'm I'm excited to see where they go. I'm excited to watch on Fridays again. He said that they're cooking filet mignon in SmackDown, and you know between the Sasha and Bailey stories, between mm -hmm. Roman Reigns stories, between Sami Zayn as this Intercontinental Champion, like he ain't lying. Like, SmackDown's the A show again. Like, that's the show I want to watch. That's the show I'm into. And we still got The Fiend and Alexa Bliss kind of, like, waiting in the wings. Like, there's some good stuff going on there, man. Yeah, well, we had Raw. I mean, we'll, let's segue. I mean, let's let's uh, let's segue away from this. We had Raw last night as we're talking right now. Um, we're going to talk about the draft in a second, too, because they announced the draft. Uh, but I want to talk about Raw real quick. Uh, the, there was a couple things, and we, we got to, you know, the Seth Rollins the continuation of the Seth Mysterio, Buddy Murphy, Mysterio's kids, the, the, the whole thing. 
I don't know. I mean, I like I'm I'm I think I said this the other day. I I think that I mean it's impressive that they are that they're doing that they're keeping this thing going. And they're actually like have a new beat in the storytelling every week, you know? The matches sometimes feel like we've seen this, you know, whatever, but like it's they're 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 going, you know? They're 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 doing the thing. Um I don't know if like we all desperately need to see Rey Mysterio's daughter and Buddy Murphy have like a text message uh, romance or whatever, but like, you know, this is it, it, it's it's a thing they're doing, and it, and, it, and we'll you know we'll see where it goes. I think for, I, I guess for me the big thing is, I'm ready to see some other talent, in ring talent on the babyface side. I don't mind the story so much, but I but I'm sort of, I don't know. I I, I don't. I just. Dominic Mysterio is a lot of fun, and and uh, that's sort of it. Like, I, like I, you know, Ray is obviously fun to watch, but both of them are sort of limited in terms of. Well, I think Dominic's literally limited, and Ray, there's only so many things that you're kind of interested in seeing him do these days. Yeah, right. I mean, I want, you know, Humberto Carrillo was like tagged tagged with them a couple weeks ago, and part of me wondered what the thing would feel like if they had just. I mean, what would the difference be? You know this. I mean, you you can answer this. You're a writer. What if they? What if Dominic wasn't ready, and they had just run the exact same gimmick with Carrillo and just sort of like kayfabed him into the fan? Not, not, not. This is my son, but like I trained this guy. He's a. We've been to. Lifelong, we've been, like on some like Heart Foundation shit. Yeah, like you're, yeah. You're, you're the end. If, if Roberto Carrillo just had the Dominic spot, mm-hmm. I kind of feel like we'd be in a better place. Is you that is so? that sacrilegious for me to say? I, I I don't know. I think I mean obviously I think Humberto is is is, is way more advanced in the ring than than Dominic is, um, but. You know, like Humberto can't talk. Like he's, he's not, you know what I mean? Like he's that's 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 the thing. I mean, granted, like English is his second language, and he's getting better at it. But like you know, it's it's hard to carry what is essentially a telenovela. You know what I mean? Like without being able to to reach another side of that audience. And um, you know, I I don't know. I don't think I don't think Humberto would probably be in a better. A, a more equipped person to tell this type of story. Um, it is a little awkward that uh, you know Aaliyah Mysterio is 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 shoved into this as like a nineteen year old. Like it does make me a little ugh, like, all right, this is this is what we're doing. <laughs> like, are we yeah. really? Do we have to touch that like right now? Like, especially everything wrestling's gone through like in the past couple of months with like you know speaking out and all this type of like is this really really where we want to go but um i'm not gonna you know i'm gonna give (laughs) wwe and and just pro wrestling the uh the the liberty to to pivot and not make it uh the potentially uncomfortable storyline that i think it can be um i think they've touched on it just enough for us to do things like this, like talk about it and be like, okay, where are they going with this? As far as like, is this a love interest story? Is this just um, Buddy Murphy being like this, this all, you know, caring disciple? Is this going to be like just a big, massive swerve to make him feel like this, just this awful mega heel that takes this oh, poor 19 year old for I mean, granted? Gonna, it's going to be last night they did. Last night they were, I feel like they, I mean, they can all be misdirection. Last night I feel like they they took a couple of swerves, potential swerves out of the playbook, but because they kind of went in a straight line, you know, but uh, but maybe anything could happen. We got to roll, we got to keep chugging along. I do want to say, well, speaking of the draft, first of all, if, if you draft away any of the Hurt Business, I'm going to have a problem with you. Um, <laughs> we had a couple of guys, including Cedric, that weren't there. This COVID, the COVID has come back in this sort of weird way. There's a lot of rumors that the, that the matches that were pulled from the show, uh, from the pay-per-view, were because not not that people have uh, the coronavirus, but they were maybe exposed to somebody. There's a lot of people in, down in NXT who are apparently quarantining, you know, just out of precaution. That I think people have said that's why Retribution wasn't there on Monday night. Uh, um if Cedric's out there, it makes sense because there's all this AEW stuff going on too that like Lance Archer has it. There's a couple other AEW names that are involved. Obviously, Cedric's wife is in AEW. I mean, there's there's a lot of crossover here. Um, it probably is it probably is not as connected as it all, you know, feels like when you're putting together the 
the the push pins on the on the bulletin board and drawing mm-hmm. and stringing yarn around. But I'd rather them be but, safe than sorry. Like it, in in a weird way, in a weird way, I'm feel I feel relief that they took these measures. Like I didn't want them thinking. Like I didn't want to feel like somebody gets COVID and like we still see them wrestle. I hope I was hoping they weren't doing what the NFL is doing where like somebody gets, you know, uh, um, a positive test and they play the games anyway. And then we all find out Tuesday morning, like, wait, what? You know what I mean? Like this is, I mean, I'll, I'll commend both AEW and WWE for taking this as seriously as they have. And, um, not putting anybody in danger. I think we're all. I mean, not, it's not just about get having no positives, right? If you if that's where you're starting from, then you're going to fail and you're going to end up you're putting your position yourself in a position to lie, right? It's about doing the best you can on the other side of it. Um, as we're saying this, I just got a push. I just got a notification on my phone that the Titans and Vikings have both closed their facilities because there's so many positives all of a sudden. There so, you go. No, so apparently wow. somebody on the Titans had it, and there's no positives on the Vikings team yet. But they're just taking the precaution. So, like, I think like two players on the Titans had it. That's it's a lot. So the the draft is coming up, and I thought about this. Well, I was just thinking about it on Raw. The one thing that we that that we still haven't quite gotten past in the brand split era that we're in right now is that both of the rosters are kind of thin, and they don't. I mean, obviously they could be they could be given more screen time to some of the mid card, you know, lower level performers. But we saw the a tag team match on Sunday. And Angel, by the way, I hope he's Angel Garza. I hope he's you know not too hurt. But we've seen that match eight hundred times, right? And it just seems like we see the same stuff over and over again. When you see something fresh, like on Monday night, we saw our guy Keith Lee uh, against Andrade. That was like just exciting. The moment that he walked down the aisle, I was just like, yes, I want to see what this is. Like I, I, I desperately need to see this new thing. And, uh, and. You know, there, there's not, but there's not like an endless supply of new and exciting matchups. The draft is going to solve a lot of that. Now, next week, um, uh, we're going to have a mock draft, or we're gonna we're gonna figure out some way to like just do. Oh, just let's figure get it. Let's get it. Are, are, are NXT guys eligible? I've seen some NXT guys in the in the promos. We got to so, figure I mean. out. They they are they must be eligible. I don't know if they're a full brand. I don't know if they're drafting. We'll see. I, I think that it'll be. Well, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see if we have more info by next week. We'll figure something out to do. But just off the top, John, if you have, if you want to pipe, jump in here too, tell me if you had to just pick one person who you think would be really well served to be on a different show. Anybody on any any of the three brands, who would you who would you pick? I would say either Kevin Owens or Aleister Black going to SmackDown. I'm just kind of like I don't know who's the heel and who's the face in that, but I'm just not really <laughs> interested in it. I'm just I'm not interested in it. So I feel like if one of them went to SmackDown, it's just one more person that could really elevate between that like mid card and like championship spot. I, I feel like they would be perfect on SmackDown. One of them. I don't disagree with that, man. I mean, they're kind of at a weird spot in their feud, although this feud's sort of been dragging. But it is true that like I mean, one thing that Aleister Black, I think Aleister Black would be a good fit. Although the Zelina Vega thing, maybe that's why they split up. Maybe that's why they took Zelina Vega out of all the other storylines. Maybe they are prepping that those that couple for a move because Alistair and Zelina are obviously together in real life. But Alistair, I mean, when you know a champion is great, and I'm talking about Roman Reigns here, when they can have a pay per view match against somebody who's not an established main eventer, and it doesn't dampen your excitement, it actually makes you more excited to see what's going to happen. Yep, he could make Alistair Black a star in five seconds. You know, I mean, and and that would be, uh, and and so I, I I would be very interested to see that. Kaz, who would you who would you draft? I'm gonna go off the beaten path here, um, and a guy that I've been like ringing the bell for for a long time. He's not a main eventer. He's not a guy that you know probably isn't on a lot of people's radars. But like literally every time I see him, I'm like, this dude's a star. We need to see more of him on TV. Uh, Isaiah Swerve Scott. Like, he's a guy who isn't necessarily any, like, super pressing NXT storylines where, you know, if he got moved up to Raw or SmackDown, uh, it would be a detriment. I mean, like, I feel like um, Raw, especially Raw, is like the land of the Giants right now outside of the, the, 
the the trio of Mustafa Ali, Apollo, and Ricochet. But um, I think they need more guys like that. I think we need some more work rate guys on Monday Night Raw where, um, you know, we can get some fun matches and get some some charismatic folks. They're very light on the baby faces out there, like, on, on that show. And I think this dude just, he, I love the way he works. I love his style. He's not like anybody else on the roster. He can talk. He has, like, a smoothness in his game that is just, and, and a hard-hitting style that, you know, he could work cruisers. He could work heavies. Like, he's a, he's a lanky sort of deceptively big dude so like he doesn't look out of place going up against like a Bobby Lashley or a uh, a, a Braun, even a Braun Strowman or something like that you know like I feel like you need those sort of middleweight type of guys that can carry a lot of programs and I think Isaiah Swerve Scott is you know he, he's a dude that I've had my eye on for a long time and if done the right way in the right program could be like a huge star in that company like him yeah. a lot I mean, I could, I could, I feel like I could pick about half this draft, right? I mean, it feels like, it feels like Strowman's ready to move, right? Well, I mean, we, you know, we talked about Sami Zayn earlier, man, and I would, I don't think it's going to happen, but man, I would, Sami Zayn going after Drew McIntyre's belt would just be magic, and I would be very excited to see that. Um, There's some people who are like right on the cusp that need just a tiny bit of freshening up that, that a draft can provide. A lot of the time, the draft works the opposite way. It just shows that you're not, the thing they wanted you to be. But if you can stay in the same position and maybe just get that, get like I talked about with Andrade and Keith Lee, if the first thing you do on your new show is like, holy shit, I can't wait to see this match, then that can be a really big moment and that can be the little push you need. And and I know, and I'm not making any bigger case for breaking them up or doing anything, you know, tra- face turn, heel turn, whatever. I say bring Big Eater off, put him in the ring with like Seth Rollins week one or something and then just like, just... Let him go, you know? His other his partners aren't around to wrestle right now. So we don't need to go through, we don't need to like worry about the details yeah. of the rest of the new day right now. Just just put him on raw and get him in the title picture quick. You know? I think that I think it could be a a, a big win for him. Yeah. I'm I'm not mad at that. I'm not mad at that. I think Biggie's uh he's I think we're still scratching the surface. I think he is you know, the only my only pushback there is that like I feel like he'd be like the perfect type of baby face for that eventual if i'm if i'm if i'm foreshadowing the bloodline being like this sort of you know faction you know what i mean that you know are are the other are the protectors of the universal champion i'm not protectors but you know sort of like the henchmen i mean i feel like biggie is the perfect foil because you got you know xavier woods on the mend you got kofi waiting in the wings and you have that they have that incredible uh you know uh, mutual respect for each other. They get a long history, and you're right. That can be a positive, but I, but I, but I also think it can be a negative, right? I mean, there's at some point, at some point, there's just a lot of fans who are going to see Biggie in the ring with the Usos and not really be able to separate him from everything they've seen him do before, you know. And so I think just giving him a little bit of a fresh runway would be cool. But anyway, we're gonna have a full draft next week, and we're, we're gonna talk all about it. Well, we got to talk about NXT Takeover 31, which is happening on Sunday, because I don't think we're coming back again this week. Uh, before we do that, really, really fast, I'm gonna write. I'm gonna read a list of news stories, and you tell me uh, which one you want to talk about. Uh, do you want to talk about Cody's dark, Cody's return, or his dark hair? Do yes. you want to talk about Emo the Cody. fact that the, the, hurt, <laughs> the hurt business, uh, the WWE decided to make the hurt business um, the heat more heelish than they've ever been as a corrective on Monday night? Do you want to talk about? Um, the mystery NXT vignettes. Do you want to talk about um, the? Oh, you want to talk about the Rock endorsing uh, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, or and or Val Venus saying that uh, that the Rock has sold a soul to the devil because of it. Do any of those things make you want to talk, or should we go straight to NXT? We can, I, I have a one liner for all of those. <laughs> all right, Cody, emo Cody. Didn't think I'd miss the blonde hair, but the black hair looks very panic at the disco for me. It does. Um, does. (laughs) What was the next one? We have Uh, uh, the the mystery NXT vignettes. We know, I guess we know it's not Bobby Roode now. It's not Bobby Bobby Roode. Was on Raw. I mean, the 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 smart money is is Bo Dallas, but the Cas money, the Cas money, which I mean, gosh, it'll never happen. But gosh, just please one day, please one day, 
give me Triple H and NXT fighting for the NXT championship. Oh, <laughs> like, it'll it. never happen. I doubt it will. But I mean, just one of these days, um, give me Triple H as the NXT champion, just over as the overlord of that place. But it's probably Bo Dallas, right? Like, is that, is yeah, that where we're going? I mean, that with? would be a great gimmick. I mean, I would just love to watch that play out. I don't know. I don't really see how the promo style matches Bo Dallas, but like, I would love to see angry Bo Dallas back trying to reclaim his glory and, and, you know, return NXT to what he perceives as its glory period. That would be fantastic. Word, um, word. Or what if you it's, anything to say about what if it's Neville? <laughs> nah, just oh kidding. my God. I don't know that rabbit, but imagine who knows, who knows? I know we went through so much with Neville on the main roster, but like Neville in NXT was just so freaking great, man. Him versus Sami Zayn. I mean, there's him versus Bo Dallas. There's so much fun, man. It was, it was, it was a good time. Um, you got anything on The Rock before we move on to NXT? Uh, shout out to The Rock, man, using that platform and that voice. And if there's any, man, if there's any more, uh, if there's any more proof that like right now in this election is the most probably important election of our lifetimes, you got The Rock, you know what I mean, who has always been like a pretty, pretty forward-facing Republican most of his life um, saying, you know, he's endorsing Joe Biden and Kamala Harris um, and getting a ton of heat for it because, surprise, surprise, a lot of that rock fan base and that, a lot of that pro wrestling base isn't so fond of Democrats. So, <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, it, it's it's shout out to him, man. I'm, I'm such a huge fan of The Rock. I've called him the male Beyonce for a long time. And if he says something trust and believe a lot of people are going to follow it so anybody who has that sort of platform that's not just putting their name behind somebody but encouraging people to get out and participate in the in the democratic process um it's 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 a good thing it's a good thing this is america people people are allowed to have their opinions they're allowed to you know uh you know do as they please but um i mean it's you know when he's president in 2028 uh this will all be water under the bridge <laughs> <laughs> oh my god president Dwayne. Um, president rock is gonna be awesome okay really quickly nxt uh takeover 31 is on sunday um uh let's just run through it uh kushida versus velveteen dream has been announced they got mad at each other during the number one contenders match and uh and now done i think respectively run in on each other mm-hmm I don't know what they're going to do with this, but I'm excited for the potential of Kushida going over and kind of getting a, a, a new look. I mean, not not literally necessarily. But. He's had sort of an edge to him lately, right? Mm-hmm. Like just kind of like this vicious sort of dude. And I think he got to once he dumps like the Marty McFly sort of bubble vest and stuff like that and, and kind of gets a little bit more uh, vicious. I think that'd be something really interesting. So I'm, yeah. I'm looking forward to that. I can't call it, though. Like, I don't know who needs to win more, you know? Because because they could do they could work the same storyline no matter who wins. I mean, it doesn't mm-hmm. really matter. Uh, one I guess that does matter is the North American Championship match between Damian Priest and Johnny Gargano. I mean, it feels like it's not time for Priest to give it up. This is a good look for Johnny to sort of like help build NXT, which is sort of the role that he's in now. Although, uh, I guess you can maybe if you want to if you want to parlay this. I mean, his wife Candice LeRae is going is wrestling for the Women's Championship against Io Shirai. So I you know there's definitely like a a power couple, like both have both walk out with belt storyline. You could tell there, um, but it does to me feel like Johnny and Candace are they're the backstops right now, you know, and they're and they're and they're helping build, you know, whatever this next generation is going to be. I I have I find it hard to imagine that either of them wins on Sunday, but I kind of but I handcuff them. I yes. think it's either none or they don't they both lose or they both win. Um. I don't know. I can't. I can't call it either. I'm. I'm. I just started coming around to Damian Priest for the longest I time. Know. I was like, I just didn't like. You know, I, I. I don't know. Like, I wasn't really into it, but like, I'm starting to come around to him a lot. Um, I do feel like Johnny Gargano's kind of in this place where he's become an, an elevator of talent in NXT. So I think this could be a very strong win for uh, Damian Priest and. They only do, sh- but at the same time, only baby faces get short title runs. So who knows? Like <laughs> Johnny Gargano might just steal this one, uh, you know. And they kind of tease the Austin Theory sort of uh, uh, alliance, you know what I mean? So I mean, like maybe there's something there. I don't know. Um, if I was a betting man, though, I'll say uh, Priest retains. And for the women's match, Yoshirai versus uh, versus Candice LeRae. 
that I can definitely see Candice LeRae uh, pulling off. Um, Candice LeRae is, and I love Io Shirai. Io Shirai is, is, is probably my favorite women's wrestler right now. Um, but I think they got something really special in Candice LeRae that they haven't really typed and in, topped into yet. Um, and again, you want to make sure that the women, uh, the women's roster is pretty light right now with no Becky and Charlotte and stuff like that. And you kind of, I kind of feel like around this time, we got to start thinking forward to Survivor Series and what kind of matches do you want to see? You know, so like I'm thinking, you know, you get, we probably get Bailey, Candice and, or Bailey, Sasha, Candice and uh, Asuka, you know what I mean? Like, I think you start thinking of who's going to hold these titles so we get these amazing matches because like Survivor Series, last year's Survivor Series is probably one of the best Survivor Series they've ever had just with the NXT infusion and uh, these kind of like three-way dances that were just like these dream matches that you didn't really see coming. But now that you gave me that, now that you gave me a little taste of it, I want it every year. So I want, I'd love to see Candice LeRae work, uh, work Bailey work Asuka or Sasha, any of these people, and really start to beef up that woman's roster to get us ready for the eventual return of our one and only queen, Charlotte Flair, eventually. <laughs> yeah, makes sense. Uh, last match, Finn Balor versus my dude, Kyle O'Reilly. These are both my dudes. I've been very high on both these guys at various points. I like to have Kyle O'Reilly given a sort of sheepish babyface promo last week, um, talking about how excited he is and goosebumps and everything else. I think that this is, I mean, my my pick would be Finn wins, but Kyle gets really put over in the process. But this really could be a Kyle win so that Finn can get drafted elsewhere moment. Um, I'm not, I don't, I don't think it's time for Finn to leave NXT, but I mean, if you're doing a draft, you got to say that like Finn is on everybody's, the top of everybody's you know draft board. So I don't know. I'm gonna say Kyle O'Reilly, but wow. I, but I don't I don't you know again I don't feel 100 percent on this, but I'm I just I'm gonna say Kyle. That's a that's a controversial pick. I believe that this will definitely be the match where there's no loser. I feel like this is gonna be one of those. This has potential to be like one of the best NXT matches ever, just style wise, because they're both very similar and like striking and just the suddenness of their offense. And they both have a similar build. And it's like, this is the classic. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's going to be a banger, man. This is, this is it's a banger all over. You know what I mean? Like, you know, this is going to, this is going to go 30 minutes and you know, it's going to be an incredible finish, but I got to go Finn here. I think there's so much to do with Finn as the champ. I think Finn is, I think he's as, as much as he's accomplished, uh, you know, as in his, prior run as you know the demon slash extraordinary man that does extraordinary things whatever i think right now is when he's really catching his stride as like you know touching this legend status and i feel like as dope as kyle o'reilly is and as big of a fan as i am again i am looking towards um Survivor Series. And I believe like you want to keep NXT elevated as a third brand. You want to keep NXT elevated as a show that can hold its own. You keep it on the guy that gets the most eyes on it. And that's Finn. And, you know, he's no, there's a guy no, that- no doubt about it. No doubt about it. I just say I just can't separate. I can't stop thinking about the draft. And we can't we can't separate the fact that Finn was not, you know, initially supposed to be the champion. True. Right. I mean, so True. that he was a little bit of a placeholder, no matter how you look at it. So. Uh, I think but you could go. I think, I, think I mean, he's, he is, he's no slouch, you know, <laughs> like he's a, he's a guy that I figured would have gotten the title anyway. I think he's the guy who, if yeah. Karrion Cross is still the champ, he's probably a guy who would eventually take it off him. So maybe things just got fast forwarded a little, who knows? Yeah, no, you're not wrong. I think Finn is definitely like the odds are in his favor. Smart money's on there, but, but I, I'm just going to say Kyle O'Reilly uh, to be different. And I think I have a little bit of a hint. I mean, a little bit, not a hint. I have a little bit of a twinge there. I don't know why. Anyway, well, we got to get out of here, man. That was fun. Thank you guys for listening. Kaz, thank you for doing this as always. John, our babyface producer, um, thank you for chiming in. Uh, make sure you listen to Say Less with Kaz and Low Key Podcast every Monday or Thursday. Also, got to plug, Dave. Got to plug. No, always plug. Never stop plugging. Yes, sir. Well, yeah, enjoy NXT. Enjoy AEW. Enjoy SmackDown. Enjoy, enjoy wrestling. It's great right en- now. Enjoy, enjoy TakeOver it. on Sunday. Enjoy Raw. We'll be back at some point after Raw. Apologies, as always, to John Moxley. We'll see you back here next week, Humanoids. Tony Schiavone here on The Masked Man Show. We are desperately out of time. The table.
great machines are rolling. We'll see you next week on the Mass Man Show. 